listening to Beyond the Game. I love you guys. love the program. You're already famous in Rochester, but watch out world. It's a faith-based sports radio program. That's the dumbest thing I could think of. I love everything about it. The, the, the beards, the handshakes. That just means I'm never leaving my kids alone with you. The ladies are digging my sweet bass. We would be honored if you would join us. From Rochester, New York, welcome into the Beyond the Game program, along with Zach Barletta. I'm Rick Benson. We're so glad you could be part of this week's show, Sports Talk Without the Trash Talk. Check out the website, btgprogram.com. That's btgprogram.com. Or give us a follow on Twitter, or maybe even a like on Facebook, at btgprogram. A little different show this week. The other day, I talked with Adam Metz about his book called Elite, a Christian manifesto for youth sports in the United States. And he had so many good things to say that I want to play that entire interview. So we're going to take a break, give you this week's Red Hawks recap brought to you by Roberts Wesleyan College. And then we'll come back with the first half of my conversation with Adam Metz. That's coming up. I'm Benson. He's Barletta. This is the Beyond the Game program. Time to look back now on the week in Roberts Wesleyan College Athletics. This is the Red Hawks recap for the week covering up through Wednesday, February 27th. The Red Hawks recap being brought to you by Roberts Wesleyan College. It was the third straight conference win for the women's basketball team as they defeated the University of the District of Columbia on Friday night, 70-50. Sophomore Emily Miller led all scorers with 25 points and freshman Demetra Kixani had a career-best 17. On Sunday, though, despite 15 points from junior Tashela Satorius and a career-high 14 from freshman Taryn Wilson, the women were tripped up by St. Thomas Aquinas, 79-58. The men dropped a pair over the weekend, falling to the University of D.C. on Friday, 76-61, followed by a 90-64 loss to St. Thomas Aquinas on Sunday. Roberts Wesleyan's women's lacrosse team continued its perfect start to the season with a convincing 23-4 victory over Alderson Broadus on Saturday. Sophomore Lindsey Brinkell led the Breadhawks with six goals. Freshman goalkeeper Pat Hines made 13 saves as the men's lacrosse team turned back Walsh University last Saturday, 11-9. Junior Cody Menzies scoring four Red Hawk goals. And on Wednesday, due to the weather, the Red Hawks played the first ever indoor lacrosse game in ECC competition play. Roberts was tripped up by Lemoyne College 17-7, though sophomore Hunter Lemieux scored three goals in the team's first loss of the season. The Roberts Wesleyan swim team closed out a successful season at the Metropolitan Collegiate Championships in Piscataway, New Jersey last weekend. The Red Hawks set 14 team records and had over 20 season best times. The women finished the season at 8-2 and two and the men at 6-3. and three. Coming up Saturday, March 2nd, the women's lacrosse team will host Assumption College for a 1 p.m. match. They'll be back in action again at home on Wednesday, March 6th for a 4 p.m. match against Mercyhurst University, which will be followed by a 7 p.m. match for the men against Lake Erie College. On Sunday, March 3rd, it's a basketball doubleheader as the men's and women's teams close out the regular season against Mercy College. The women hit the court at 2 p.m., followed by the men at 4 Follow all the action, home or away, at their website, robertsredhawks.com. There you'll also find scores, highlights, and much more. And, of course, you can follow Roberts Wesleyan Athletics on Twitter at RWC Redhawks. This has been the Red Hawks Recap presented by Roberts Wesleyan College. Do you know a high school athlete looking for a D2 college? Hi, I'm Dr. Dina Porterfield, president of Roberts Wesleyan College, where athletics are fundamental to our commitment to educate for character. Our athletic program is strong and getting stronger every year. We offer 17 varsity sports from lacrosse and basketball to track and field and soccer and the only Division II athletic program in the area. 
Tell the young athlete in your life about Roberts. Visit roberts.edu. Adam Metz is the author of the book Elite, a Christian manifesto for youth sports in the United States. He joins us now on the BTG phone line. I am thrilled to have this chance to talk to you, Adam. Thanks so much for being part of the show. Yeah, Rick, I look forward to our conversation. I appreciate you having me on. I have to tell you, I haven't yet read the book, but I'm very much looking forward to it. This subject is directly relevant to what I do in sports ministry. Can you tell us a little bit about the book and what it is that you saw happening, which motivated you to write this? Yeah, yeah. I, I kind of uh, I kind of approached the, the subject from about two or three different angles that kind of helped perpetuate, the, in my mind, the need for it. Um, I, I worked with teenagers for basically ever since I was a teenager. I've been in youth ministry and uh, worked intimately with, with uh, young people and their parents and kind of began before I had children or family uh, to see some of the concerns that they were having in, in their kids' involvement in sports. And uh, then as I had my own children, I have three now, they're uh, almost uh, so either 10, 14, the other one will be 12 in a couple weeks. So we're kind of entering the thick of, of sports. And so just as my kids were beginning to enter that stage of life, uh, I began to kind of reach out and, and look for some advice and some, you know, being a pastor, looking for some, some books and some, some insight into that world. And I, and I just found it to be largely neglected. Uh, everybody had their kids in, in sports. Everybody seemed to be a big part of most people's lives. And yet, uh, any kind of, of kind of critical concern or, or voice from the church seemed to be absent uh, from some of the things that I was experiencing with, with the parents that I was working with. Um, and then I've been a high school football official for about 15 years, and so I kind of had that uh, layer of, of interest come in, which is kind of a unique perspective. <laughs> and so all those things kind of combined, and I, I love theology, and I love to, to study the Bible and, and kind of address those concerns. And so all that kind of fomented into into an interest that, that I've, I've been able to chase and pursue, and it, it kind of looks like it's kind of a growing wave of people that are beginning to take, not just within church, but even in secular studies and universities. They're starting to look at sports as as a humanity, like, hey, this is a huge part of our culture. What kind of effect is it having on everyday lives? And, and I kind of piggyback on that wave and say, well, you know, the church has got a vested interest in, in this as well. So, so that's kind of how it all came about. And um, I've been, been after it for seven or eight years, really reading and, and studying and praying through a lot of things and anything that comes up. Working in sports ministry, I I see a lot of what you're talking about. I see the excitement and the growth and the potential for for sports and the church's part in it. Specifically, I see parents who are sacrificing huge chunks of time, large sums of money, so their kids can play on specialized teams. Based on your research, what do you think is driving them to do that, to pay such a high price? Yeah, it's a huge growing industry. I live in Columbus, Ohio, a pretty big city, and just in the last 10 years, and that's, I, I think, a, a point to mention is this is rapidly growing. I mean, it's been kind of an emerging field over the last 50 years um, or even further back if you look at the start of Little League Baseball and some of those programs. But the last 20 years or so, it's really, really started to become an industry. And so you have, like in Columbus, we've had Bo Jackson uh, built one of his indoor facilities here in the last couple of years. And, and I can just kind of go around the suburbs in, in Columbus and all the different areas. And it's, it's become a, a business. Uh, and so all of a sudden, mixed into the the old issues that have always been there about getting your, our kids playing time and getting with good coaches and wanting them to excel in the things that they've done, um, now there's a lot of, of dreams and aspirations that are caught up in our parents. The reason I titled the book Elite with a question mark is because I think many, many parents think their kids might be, probably are, elite. 
And of course, the whole notion of the word elite is that it's a rare uh, breed. It's a it's an a, a exception to the rule. And, and I think somewhere along the line in our culture, keeping up with the Joneses, uh, having the a certain kind of car, having a certain kind of house and status of life will will use sports to suddenly become part of keeping up with the Joneses. It's not just about your kid being involved, but it's about being involved at the highest levels. Uh, you're starting to see this distinguishing between, well, that's a travel team and this is a rec team and there's kind of this elite kind of prestige that comes with it. Even though, from my experience, the majority of travel teams and higher level teams are formed by parents who are unhappy with one team and so they spin off and start their own. But it kind of creates this mystique that we're pursuing something, and we, you know. And I think it comes from a good place. We want to, you know, we all want our kids to excel. We want them to do the best they can. But, but there's the, the reason that I see I see concern as a pastor is I see our hopes and dreams in a lot of families are caught up in their sports successes rather than the gospel and, and, and spiritual mm-hmm. formation and some of the things that the church would step in and say. Ah, somehow we have to correlate these things and not allow them to develop. And I'm, I'm afraid that's kind of what's happening with parents for sure, driving the course. We're talking with Adam Metz. He's the author of the book Elite, a Christian Manifesto for Youth Sports in the United States. The promo for the book includes this statement, young people participate in sports more than just about any other activity, and the church has neglected its role in providing a voice of discernment for what participating in sports should look like. I'm wondering, asking you as a pastor of a church and somebody heavily involved in ministry and in sports, what should the church's role look like in recreational sports and in youth sports specifically? Uh, in, in my in my book, I kind of I, I kind of try to frame it in three sections, and, and the final section is kind of a pastoral response, uh, kind of addressing exactly what you're asking. Well, you know, what what exactly is our role? Um, you know, I want to be quick to point out that I'm kind of hard on the church by saying, you know, this is kind of a neglected area, but I don't want to ignore the fact that the sports ministry paradigm and, and a lot of their parachurch organizations have been involved in this area for several decades. One of my critiques about the sports ministry paradigm is that it's often, and it's a critique that can be made of a lot of parachurch organizations, uh, that they're sometimes disconnected from local church. And, and so I think that uh, parachurch ministries have, have done a lot of great things, but what they've done is they've kind of allowed the church to look at the topic of sports and as long as their kid maybe goes to uh, a fellowship of Christian athletes meeting or if they're involved in a, in a sports ministry, then we kind of just shake our head and go, okay, good. They're doing what they, what they should be doing. But, but I think that that's kind of allowed the church to kind of punt the topic altogether. And so when you look out at your church on a Sunday morning across the United States, hot, huge percentages of our families are caught up in this, in this, uh, sports fervor. And, and depending on, you know, the socioeconomic status of your church, depending on the geographic region, on, on a lot of different hosts, it, it affects them differently. Uh, but I do believe it affects, affects them all. And I think that the first step in this, and this is what I really am trying to do as I talk to folks and have conversations with different people, is just begin to introduce the idea of thinking theologically about sports. I think that alone is has been kind of absent. And before we do anything, before we jump in and say, oh, we need to change this or we need to start this, we need to just start thinking theologically. That's the first part of my book. It just says, let's think about things like competition. Let's think about things like our bodies and the physicality. And there's a lot of great things that sports offers the church. And it's the reason why we've always tended to look at sports as a, as a positive thing. I think most people view, you know, we have an obesity crisis in the United States and our young people. The last thing we want to do is discourage them from being active in opportunities like sports. Uh, but at the same time, we have to be discerning, just like in everything that we do as Christians, discerning in, in our involvement in sports, I think, maybe more than a lot of other things in our lives, it's a, it's a difficult 
topic to to just kind of maintain our identity and not get sucked in to the hopes and dreams and visions and aspirations that come along with them. Uh, so I, I think a long answer to your question, but I think it really begins with just beginning to help and, and encouraging people to think through um, some of the challenges that their sports lives or their lives in sports might be creating from a, from a, and probably through the lens of discipleship, as we try to disciple our young people and our families, identity formation becomes a major issue. And I think um, I was talking to somebody uh, last week about this topic and they asked, you know, what was maybe one theme that kind of comes out of, of my work. And, and to me, it's identity formation. Uh, I think a lot of athletes and a lot of young families that are caught up in the youth sports uh, industrial complex have a difficult time seeing their identity beyond the sporting ventures that they're in, you know, that I'm a part of this team or that I'm a part of this club or I'm a part of, you know, this level, whatever it might be. Uh, and of course, the church is all about identity formation, spiritual formation, seeing our identity in Christ first and foremost. Uh, and, and they don't have to be mutually exclusive, obviously, but we have to, you know, kind of walk tenuously as we strive for identity that's uh, that's not forsaken in, in our sports endeavors. Adam, I want to continue our conversation, but we got to take a break. Are, are you able to stick around for a few minutes and hang up, hang on till we get back? Yeah, sure. I'd love to. All right. We'll be right back with Adam Metz. You're listening to the Beyond the Game program. If you know a high school athlete looking to become their best self, think Roberts Wesleyan College. Hi, I'm Dr. Dina Porterfield, president of Roberts. We recently won six conference titles. Our teams have made three NCAA national championship appearances, and 96 student-athletes were named East Coast All-Conference. And Roberts has the only NCAA Division II program in Greater Rochester. Tell the athlete in your life about Roberts. Visit roberts.edu. Hey, everybody, it's Benson. You probably know that Beyond the Game is a different kind of sports talk radio program. Sports conversation and Bible verses mixed together? Why would anybody do that? Here's why. Because the message of Jesus Christ is so important that we use sports to appeal to sports fans. Trying to be, as Paul said in 1 Corinthians 9, all things to all men that I might by all means save some. You see, all of us are sinners. And because we are, we can't get to heaven on our own merit. The Bible says in Romans 3.23 that all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. But it also tells us that God loves us, so much so that he sent his son who was the only one who never sinned, and though he did not need to die, willingly did so on the cross as a sacrifice to pay the debt of all our sin. John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. Why? Because God wants us all to be saved from an eternity in hell. 1 Timothy 2.4 says he desires all men to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. But the good news is Jesus didn't stay in the grave. Instead, he rose again, defeating death and making it possible for us to go to heaven as a result of his righteousness. You see, that's the grace of God we want to tell you about. Sports Talk Radio allows us to bring that message of the forgiveness of sins to sports fans all around the world. Forgiveness of sins is available to all people everywhere. 1 John 1, 9 says, If we confess our sins, He is faithful and righteous to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. The Bible says that anyone who calls upon the name of the Lord will be saved. Romans chapter 10, verse 9 and 10 says that if you confess with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised Him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart a person believes 
resulting in righteousness, and with the mouth he confesses, resulting in salvation. I hope you'd pray to God. I hope you'd confess to him that you know yourself to be a sinner. And tell him that you know and believe that Jesus died on the cross for you. And begin a new way of life, turning from sin and seeking after God. If you want to know more about what it means to be a Christian, you can visit our website, btgprogram.com. Thanks for listening, and enjoy the rest of the show. Thanks for sticking around. Welcome back into the Beyond the Game program. Before we took a break, we were talking with Adam Metz. He's the author of the book Elite, a Christian manifesto for youth sports in the United States. And we continue that conversation now via the BTG phone line. Adam, thanks so much for sticking around. And and you alluded to this earlier. When it comes to youth sports, it seems like so many parents think their kid is the next great professional athlete. And as a result, Well, they can be meddlesome. They can be demanding. They can be vocally critical of coaches, officials, even other parents and other players. How do believers respond to that parent whose behavior isn't so bad that it's newsworthy, but their reputation is such that everybody knows who they are because they make so many people uncomfortable, especially if that parent is unchurched? And of course, that's why sports outreach is there in the first place to reach these parents? How, how do we respond in those situations? So that was such a great question. Um, I remember when I first entered into youth ministry and uh, I went to one of my students' soccer games and I was sitting next to the parents and it was kind of one of those moments, you know, after being kind of a fresh out of college student and away from, from kind of the parenting world since I was in high school. And I remember just thinking, almost kind of cover, huddling back in my shell as I listened to this dad just go you know crazy on the officials and crazy on his his son and crazy on the other players and and it's it's a real challenge for sure and and really anything and 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 this is when i first started out in this area one of the things that that some some folks you know kind of encouraged me in is and and to kind of stay steadfast is this is uh this is truly a golden calf issue in a lot of people's lives and when you start hitting around at, at discipleship accountability uh, confronting folks on on some sinful kind of tendencies, there's a tactful, Christ-like way to do it, but it is a challenge. I think it's difficult to to be confrontational, uh, you know, just kind of in my own experience when you when you directly you know talk to folks this way. That's why I think it's a bigger, you know, our goals are bigger in trying to cultivate and, and open some discussion in our churches. Um, and this is where I really feel like the church has a really good opportunity is to just to talk about these things in church. You know, when we don't ever think about having Bible studies on our, in our Sunday school programs or during the week, or small group studies, and talk about our behavior on the sidelines of our kids' games. I mean, it just seems like a disconnect, but that's one of the struggles where I think churches is, is trying to, to bring our faith into the real world. And for, for parents that are especially of, you know, 10 to 20-year-olds, that's where a lot of them spend their lives. I mean, that is their life. Um, and so I think a lot of parents don't even realize who they are or what they've become. <laughs> they don't, you need that outside voice to just ask questions in a loving, kind way. Um, you know, you see the way that some parents are on their, on their children, um, that that's becoming a bigger, bigger issue. And then when you add the, the, the time and money, financial strengths that, that a lot of families face because of their children's involvement with sports. I think a lot of parents unwittingly, I don't think they do it on purpose, but there's an additional stress and expectation of 
um, I, kind of a great anecdote as a, as a football official. I remember one time I was in a freshman football game, and we had a parent come up to us after the game. It was like the last game of the season, and uh, I think his dad might have been doing the change or something, and we were just talking to him at halftime, and he said, yeah, my son, you know, he, he hurt his ankle or something, um, you know, early in the football season, so he hasn't been able to play until this game, and it's his last game, and we're kind of glad because we've invested a lot of more money in basketball, and basketball season starts soon. And I thought, this kid's a freshman in high school. When we start thinking in terms of investing in their athletic career, then, then we probably we're probably going off the deep end without yeah. without realizing it. And I, one of the points I make in my book is, you know, one of the challenges I think for a lot of families that are involved in youth sports is that their social circle are other sports parents. And I don't think that's the best folks to, to talk to about. I think we might be getting in too deep because obviously we, we, we know where they're going to be. I bring to the to the surface. That's that's the beauty of the church. I think it's the beauty of having conversations like this in a church setting, where you might have uh, someone who's 60 years old that's maybe a, a widow or a, a single, you know, adult that never got married, never had a family, and feel like I have nothing to bring to this this uh, conversation. And my point is, you absolutely do, because you see the world much differently, and your faith in Christ can help illuminate uh, all of us who are caught up in that world that you know from the outside looking in. Uh, and I think the church as a, as a whole can, I mean, I think that's, in, in sports is just one example, but I think that's what the church is there for. It's about, you know, bringing people together from different uh, backgrounds and, and classes and everything else and coming together and say, yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't know about that. I feel uncomfortable with what you're doing. Uh, so those kind of conversations, I think, are, are a great way to begin to, to have people think about this. I mean, hey, as a, as a high school football official, I do this all the time, uh, you know, from coaches and players. If we're if we're going to be faithful to to our, our Lord, it has to affect the way we play the game. It has to affect the way we interact with people. And obviously, as a parent, it has to affect the way that, that we are cheering as fans. That's a great point. Once again, we're talking with author and pastor Adam Metz. I'd love to hear how you first became a believer. Can you share your story with us and talk about how Christ has impacted your life? Yeah, I, I would love to. I, uh, I grew up in a in a home that um, was was kind of loosely connected to church when I was when I was young. My family had had some tragedy and kind of in a generation before me, my mother's mom passed away from cancer when she was younger, and there was some alienation from the church. And um, there was a just a minister of the church that I, I remember as a, as a kid would come by and and just really encourage my mom. There was three three of us that kind of bring us to church, and I was about twelve years old, eleven twelve years old, and we started coming back uh, to church on a regular basis. And uh, I, I've always felt um, the calling of God on my life from from the time I was twelve thirteen years old. I I remember coming to church thinking, hey, this this is pretty cool. Uh, I, I I didn't know much about the Bible, and I was just kind of God took took over my heart and just filled me with a passion to learn his word. And so I, I spent a good bit of my time in, in middle school and high school studying on my own and just really from, from early on felt the call to, to ministry. Um, everybody I went to high school with uh, knew that that was kind of where my, my path was headed. And so God has been uh, he's been good to, to me and good to us as, as a family and, and has really directed my path. I mean, I'm, I'm not saying I don't have doubt and haven't had challenges along the way, but he's been walking with me all along. So I grew up in northern Ohio and, and didn't have a lot of Christian friends and not a lot of experience uh, with, with folks that went to church. And, and so um, I, I think that's kind of helped shape me into who I am and have a real heart for people who don't fit in church and, and trying to make the way. That's why I love sports ministry so much is because it's a great opportunity to see people who love Jesus, who don't look weird, you know, hey, they, yeah. they like playing sports too. And <laughs> that's kind of kind of my life, not just with sports, but with everything. We don't, you know, Christ calls us to be unique, calls us to be different, doesn't call us to be weird. 
I always like to ask our guests and, and give our listeners an opportunity to pray for them. Is there anything that we can be in pray, prayer about for you? Um, yeah, you know, the one thing that is kind of heavy on my mind in a, in a positive way, um, my wife and my family, we've been at the church for, um, so we're kind of coming up on the end of our 16th year, uh, but we were granted a sabbatical this summer uh, through the Lilly Foundation, and so we have a quite a, an undertaking to, to just have some, some peace and um, some, some time to, to refuel, and so we're, we're going to be starting that in May, and it'll carry on through the summer, and so we've I've been praying and, and meditating and reflecting more this year than I have in a long time in preparation, and so I, I'd just love to uh, solicit those prayers outward as well. Absolutely. We've been talking with Adam Metz. His book is called Elite, A Christian Manifesto for Youth Sports in the United States. How can folks get a copy of your book? Where's it available? Uh, it's on Amazon, uh, easy to find on Amazon. Uh, it's published by Cascade Books, which is a imprint of Withenstock. You can get it from their website out there. They're based in Oregon. Uh, so both those places are, are great uh, opportunities. Adam, I want to thank you so much for joining us. I've had a great time talking to you, and I wish you all the best with your book. I appreciate the conversation, great questions, and I appreciate all you're doing in this in this field, Rick. I wish uh, pray blessings over you because I know it's a challenging area, but ripe with opportunities. So I'm glad we had this chance to connect. He's Adam Metz. His book is called Elite, A Christian Manifesto for Youth Sports in the United States, available through Amazon. Stick with us. We'll be back right after this short break. You're listening to the Beyond the Game program. Hey, it's Zach. If you're a fan of unsolved mysteries, mythical monsters, murder whodunits, or just podcasts in general, check out my other show, the Myths and Mysteries Podcast. Every two weeks, my brother Spencer and I tell fascinating stories about topics like the Bermuda Triangle, JFK's assassination, chupacabras, serial killers, and more. You can find us by searching for Myths and Mysteries on iTunes or Google Play or on our website, mythsandmysteriespod.com. Don't forget to click subscribe and leave us a review to let us know what you think. We're also on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Myths Podcast. So go check out the Myths and Mysteries podcast, and we'll see you next time. It took me a long time to be able to say Chandler has cancer, because that is such a scary word. When St. Jude finds something that works well with a certain cancer, they share that with everybody. And knowing that we don't have to pay for all of the medical expenses, that's huge. We just have to worry about helping Chandler, and he's just my heart. St. Jude Children's Research Hospital. Finding cures, saving children. Learn more at stjude.org. Thanks for being with us this week for what has been a slightly different Beyond the Game radio program. You can get involved in our ministry of using Sports Talk Radio to bring the gospel of Jesus Christ to sports fans all around the world each and every week. The show is listener-supported, and as such, we depend on your support of prayer as well as the financial gifts from listeners like you. Please consider if God would have you support this radio ministry, and if you have a business, please consider advertising during the Beyond the Game program. For more information or to make a donation, visit our website, btgprogram.com. My thanks to Adam Metz for being a guest on this week's program. For Zach Barletta, I'm Rick Benson, Lord willing. We'll be back together again next week, right here at the same time. Be bold and be great this week, everybody.